G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Turning our attention today to some of the adventures that missionaries have when they're serving in some of the toughest contexts in the whole world. Our attention today to the nation of Malawi, where the culture there is animistic. In other words, there are people who observe a very significant spirituality, but around all sorts of things that we in Australia might describe as very superstitious. But where there's the presence of witch doctors and all sorts of black magic or occult practices that take place, this is very foreign to us. But let's talk about what it's like to be a missionary in a culture where there is significant magical power in animism. Tim Downs is joining us. Tim and his wife Melanie served for 12 years in the nation of Malawi in Africa. Tim's joining us. Tim, a special welcome along to 2020. Yes, thank you. Very good to be here. Appreciate the opportunity. Tim, when you arrive in a cultural context like Malawi and things are very, very different, how hard is it to adjust from our Aussie way of Christian thinking to into a, a what would be more like a biblical-type context of Christian thinking up against all sorts of spiritual challenges? Yeah, indeed. Um, the easy answer to that is very hard. I, I guess, you know, we all operate in the light that we have. So I grew up in a, in a church family. Um, my parents were involved in ministry, so going to Sunday every week was something that I did. Um, I guess what one of the the real challenges became evident is ha- how do I separate my faith story with my Christian experience story? Now, obviously, a lot of those things often align very beautifully, but um, here I am in a new country, and there's not a church for me to go to on a Sunday morning or a youth group or a Bible study. So how do I then I, I live out my faith in that different context? So for us, and for myself particularly, there was a real journey in working out what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus when I don't have all that structure and scaffolding that the Australian church provides. And yeah, that was a real journey for us. So you were in Malawi to actually plant a church or a series of churches, and you went to a a village or towns where there was not much Christian presence at all. Yeah, that's right. The people group that we work amongst still identify as what we classify as unreached. So basically that means that less than 1% of them would align and call themselves followers of Jesus. So, yeah, it's a tough gig in that sense where, you know, once you land on the ground, you just think, okay, so so where do we go from here? And I guess what becomes really apparent is there's just a massive language barrier to start with, as, many, as well as a lot of different cultural norms that you think, how, how do I become not only relatable but even relevant to people in this culture? Language barriers, obviously adjusting to the culture and the idea that 
when you're bringing the message of the gospel, uh, there's opposition to that from people like witch doctors and occult practices in the community. How significant are those practices? Give us some insight into the, the sort of the magical nature of what happens in opposition to the gospel when you're a missionary. Yeah, okay. So I guess the way I would come into that is, you know, whilst it might not be over the... Like, you know, if we look at some numbers and stats, we would say not too many Australians would be involved in a faith community and go to a church on a Sunday morning. But we do have a very strong Christian heritage that we can't get away from. A lot of our legal system, a lot of our structure of our governance and our country really is based on that strong Christian foundation. So we go into a community where that hasn't been the case. So in some sense, it, it, you could say that, you know, we, we haven't taken that that ground for the kingdom. So, um, look, you come in and there's a real sense that our prayer is that God would move in and push the darkness back. So, yeah, it, it's certainly a challenge when you realise you just don't have that backup and support that you would normally in a country like Australia. And in terms of, yeah, that spiritualism and the animism and those magical occult-type practices, you know, it's quite confronting when you, you go down to the market and you, you'll buy your tomatoes and right next door to him is a, is a witch doctor. And they will offer a whole range of different medicines and potions. And, and really, it just is so much permeated the life of people over there. So in sort of every aspect of their life, they, they would incorporate some level of spirituality, which, yeah, comes as a bit of a confronting shock to us because that's not our story. Modern medicine is not so well developed. Uh, there's very low level medical care if someone gets sick. Uh, so in that sort of circumstance, people look for healing power wherever they can find it. And sometimes they'll yeah. go to the witch doctor. And I imagine that when you're a Christian missionary, sometimes they'll come to you. Yeah, indeed. And I guess that comes from that foundational worldview belief that just say someone gets a sore leg or someone gets a flu, someone gets a bit depressed, someone gets anxious, they can't have a baby. Not many people would associate those things to just physical problems. You would always sort of really define it through some spiritual element. Someone might have put a curse on you, someone in your village might be jealous of you, you might not have appeased a certain ancestor in a certain way. You might have been involved in some practice that you shouldn't have been. So I guess what they're often looking for is a, a spiritual um, like pathway to appease the cause of that ailment. So e even in regards to things like HIV, AIDS, I mean, we've done so much education in regards to that in the country, but often people will still say, no, 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 that's because such and such put a curse on you because you did this and that. So, yeah, indeed, people are always looking for spiritual answers to what they perceive as spiritual problems. Tim, what about issues around life and death? As Christians, uh, we'd say when we die, we go to be with our loving Heavenly Father. Uh, or we go to be in heaven. What do people in an animistic, magical type of spiritualism culture think about dying? Yeah, okay. So, um, you know, there's, we read in Romans that God has put eternity in the hearts of man. So, so a lot of people in these animistic countries, they do believe that there is a creator who they will be accountable to. And often the story, particularly where we are, is that the way that you get 
pathway to then spend eternity with that creator is that you need to work very hard to appease the ancestors who have gone before you. So, you know, there's a lot of um, rituals and processes that people go throughout the year where they remember particular days where certain significant ancestors died and they might go and put some sort of food or type of sacrifice on their grave. And, and basically what they're doing is they're appeasing that ancestor who's gone before them, hoping that they will then intercede with the creator and one, talk to him to get him to send good rain and to get him to send good sunshine on their crops, but also to set up the pathway in the future so that they'll get passageway into eternity with their creator. So people understand issues like sacrifice and uh, they have some idea of afterlife because they, in some sense, uh, pray to or worship ancestors. Uh, So when we apply a Christian gospel into that, uh, how hard is it then to win someone as a convert to Christ and understanding that there's truth that comes up against this animistic uh, worldview that people hold to? Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> then, then I guess I can answer this in a, in a really good Malawian way. At, at, a, at a physical level, how hard is it? Well, it's actually impossible. But um, we, with our Christian worldview, we see this as a bigger picture than just what happens at the physical realm. It's not just a couple of missionaries from Australia who move across to another country, who learn a language, learn culture, build friendships and the right to speak into people's lives. We, we obviously have the Holy Spirit who goes before us and prepares the heart. The word is really clear that our job is to plant and to water, but it is God who brings the increase. So, you know, there is a longing in people's hearts. They have, a, they have a desire to be at peace with their creator. And often they will think about the ancestor or the uncle or the great-grandfather who they're trying to appease, and they often I'll say, you know, tell me about that person. Was he a good guy? And they might say, yeah, you know, he was a pretty good granddad, but he, he had a few problems in his life. And I said, okay, well, if he's the person that you're banking on to intercede for you with creator. And then my story is I'm banking on Jesus to intercede with me, for me, with my creator. And when I look at Jesus' track record, well, it's, well, it's exceptional. So um, people, people, when you, you know, Hebrews talks about we have but one man who intercedes between us and God. That man is Jesus. And there's a, there's a real, yeah, there's already an understanding in their culture that they need that particular person. And then um, I guess when you look at the stats of Jesus over their granddad, well, then it makes Jesus look pretty good, doesn't it? Well, it sounds to me like when you're working as a missionary in a place like Malawi, one of the poorest places in the world, and uh, as you say, uh, the animistic culture is so, so strong, it must be a little bit like what we all might imagine uh, being in the Book of Acts and uh, taking the gospel of the kingdom into places unknown and into communities where God is not acknowledged, but there are all sorts of other gods. And so you're conscious that God is at work and he's the one who's put you in that place and by the power of his Holy Spirit, he's doing good work. How do you actually measure that good work though, Tim? I mean, uh, did you? how did you manage to uh, to establish uh, the presence of, of Christianity in that land while you were there? Yeah, yeah, okay. So, you know, no, no, nobody goes into a vacuum. There's always the backstory where we go into a community. So, you know, any of the communities that we go into, people already know what it is to be fearful. 
people already know what it is to live in anxiety and people already know what it is to, to feel that they're just not getting ahead. And um, typically their pathway is to go to the witch doctor and just to do what they can to get protection over their house, over their family. They get special little amulets that they will put into their pockets when either they go out to go fishing or they'll do certain things on the perimeters of their field. And there's just all these rituals and processes that you go through in order to give protection and covering. I guess what becomes apparent to people is that their first understanding being a follower of Jesus might not be all the theological doctrine that we often understand. What they will understand is, hang on, it seems that this Jesus is actually more powerful than the curse someone put on me. It seems that this Jesus seems to be, like, has power over sickness. He actually has power over the weather. Um, He has power over life and death. And when people, they make an allegiance shift and they want to align themselves with this Jesus, that becomes the beginning of their faith story. And um, for, for them, it's very much, a, it's a power story. They just want to be with the power source who is stronger than the one that they were in. And um, yeah, so that's very hard for a missionary to manufacture. We very much do this in partnership. And actually, God is very gracious. He actually does call us co-laborers in this venture of building the kingdom. And, yeah, we go out and we share the word of God. And, and yeah, so I guess a practical example of that might be is um, someone might come to a group and say, here here are the seeds that I'm going to plant next year in my crop. Um, Historically, the monkeys have come in, the birds have come in, the weevils have come in, the termites, and I've done really poorly. I, I want to ask God to bless these seeds. And um, you know, they come back after their harvest and they say, hey, it, it's amazing. It, it's like there was a protection over my crop. Um, I've got a really good harvest and I can see that the power of Jesus is real and is at work in a real tangible way. And I, and I guess for them that begins their journey of saying, yeah, I want to align myself with Jesus. Sowing seeds and having your crop come up strong and recognizing that it's because of your belief in Jesus as Savior uh, that God has his favor upon your crop. And uh, wow, what a way to be able to share the gospel so that there's an effect on people's lives in immediate needs and in the way that God can care for their family. Tim Downs, wonderful hearing your story. There's so much more to say. I hope we get a chance to talk again on another day. Twelve years serving with your wife, Melanie, in Malawi. Your wife, Melanie, is the author of a book called Jump Into the Unknown. We were talking about that just recently. Raw life lessons over that 12 years, learning to trust God in a different culture with a different worldview. And for listeners to get a hold of that book, you might like to try Kurong Bookstore. Uh, and there's... Uh, you might like to try Kurong Books, or you can go to Melanie's website, uh, of course, Tim and Melanie Downs, at melaniedowns.com. Uh, get a hold of that book there. And to follow in their footsteps, serving in mission in tough places in the world like Malawi, you can get in touch with Tim at globalinteraction.org.au. That's globalinteraction. .org.au. Just find the names Tim and Melanie Downs. Tim, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Yeah, top stuff. Thank you. Pleasure to be part of what you do. 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.